Hello, investors. This is Michael with Investorly. At the intersection of financial education and opportunity, we empower you to invest early. In episode 12 of A Conversation With, we welcome Matt Spasta, the founder of Chibi Labs, a 3D NFT project focused on the metaverse. We learn about his background in the traditional finance world and the entrepreneurial journey he took that has landed him at the center of the Web3 world. Stay informed of upcoming episodes, receive our valuable weekly newsletter, and learn to earn by subscribing at investorly.substack.com. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. So uh, Matt, where are you coming from today? Uh, I'm based in New York. Ah, very cool. In uh, in New York City, I assume? No, I'm actually outside of New York City. I'm in Long Island. I was in oh. New York City for probably the past 15 years, kind of got chased out of there during COVID and have it made more sense to be out in the suburb. I completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we are Investorly. Uh, you know, we're all about investing early. And tell us a little, a little bit about your investing background. I think Mike told me you have a traditional finance or, or TradFi uh, background? Yeah, so I was a Wall Street guy for the first uh, probably 13 years of my career. Um, I, uh, I started my career at Lehman Brothers in 06. Uh, as many people remember, the, the fun and exciting times of 07, 08, leading up to the bankruptcy of a 120-plus-year-old bank. Um, but you know, I always say that was kind of a character-building exercise. I really learned a lot. And I kind of rose through the ranks pretty quickly post-bankruptcy when we got acquired by Barclays. So, um, you know, in kind of the aftermath of all that, there were definitely a lot of positives for me personally and really kind of accelerated my career growth, which is great. Um, You know, I love being on Wall Street. I loved, you know, putting on my trader hat and and being really like immersed by markets. Uh, But I always had this kind of entrepreneurial bug and spirit. And it was something that I tried doing within the banking system, which, you know, post- um, post the financial crisis was really difficult because of compliance and legal. And I was getting frustrated a lot of times, but about five years ago, um, I joined forces with two guys in my fantasy football league and we started developing this concept. It was fantasy sports on the blockchain. Uh, it started off as just kind of like a fun passion project. We evolved into something way bigger. We went out and we closed a $5 million series a round and I had to tell my wife I was leaving my high-profile Wall Street job to pursue a startup in fantasy sports. <laughs> uh, I had my second kid on the way, and anyone knows who's an entrepreneur. When you kind of make that leap, it's it's always a scary time, and you know I'll never look back. I was pretty happy to ditch my suit, and um, you know just kind of like the things that I've learned along the way and the experiences I had, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And it's been an amazing ride, which kind of led me to here. So um, about a year and a half ago, I sold that company. Uh, we actually pivoted. A away from blockchain after a year and a half, but sold that company, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, and, and I've been kind of helping transition that business to them who are now a public company. And um, kind of my background in, in blockchain and crypto and NFTs, I got into Bitcoin in 2013. I launched my first uh, startup in the blockchain space in 17, and I got back into NFTs uh, a little over a year ago, started with Top Shot, which to me was really a compelling value proposition, just given that Top Shot and Dapper Labs had developed the relationship with the NBA, the licensing, the IP, and I thought it was really fascinating how they were leveraging that IP and, and selling it, um, which then kind of got me into Zed Run, which 
blew my mind around the gamification properties of that platform. And at that point between those two platforms, I was like fully immersed in the NFT space, which then, you know, my journey kind of evolved into PFPs and, um, you know, the rest is history. So I got into that kind of part of the NFT space, the art as a collector back in March, April time. I was very early there. You know, I've done very well for myself as a collector. Uh, my partner and I, H. Bizzle, um, started looking at, you know, different forms of art. And <clears throat> we did a, a, a deep dive um, down some crazy rabbit holes. And he actually found the the Genesis collection of Chibi, Chibi Labs, which was uh, at the time called Chibi's NFTs. He took a liking to, to the art. He aped in, as he would say, and he came to me and he said, you know, this art is really amazing. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, this is next level stuff. It was 3D art, which is very different than a lot of the 2D art we were seeing in the marketplace. Uh, and we ended up talking to Fabs, who's the amazing and brilliant designer and developer and engineer behind the project. And we formed a partnership. And, you know, since then, we've launched two collections. Um, I could go into further depth about, you know, the the launch of uh, of the collections, which is Chibi Apes and Chibi Galaxy and kind of the evolution of, of the business and the project. Um, but I'll just stop there because I've kind of been rambling. <laughs> uh, well, no problem at all. But uh, I'm I'm fascinated to to just uh, be a fly on the wall during that conversation when you had uh, the conversation with your wife in regards to fantasy sports, uh, leaving your your cush job to start fantasy sports. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I I was actually we were having our second kid uh, in, like two months later, and it was it, you know she's she's been my rock in my sports system and all of this and. You know, it's anytime you take a plunge into the entrepreneurial journey like that, you need uh, you need to really have your wife support, which I'm, I'm watching even with Fabs and with H. Bizzle. They're kind of going through it right now. And, you know, we've all become so immersed in the space and the amount of time that it takes up and the amount of time that we dedicate to this space and to this project is is insane. I mean, no one sleeps anymore. So oh, wait, it's like 10 to 4 or something, right? Yeah. It's, it's simple hours, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I wanted to I wanted to ask you. Um, you, you went on a pretty uh, a good timeline there in regards to how you started and kind of where you are now. But who who kind of led you or or mentored you into just you said in '06? I think you started at Lehman Brothers. Who was the mentor that got you possibly in in that position or or someone that really guided you uh, into traditional finance and then also into uh, the NFT space? Yeah, that's a, that's a really tough question. I've had like a, a really kind of windy road and path. Um, I'd say personally, I was personally motivated to to land in Wall Street and end up in the banking system out of college. Um, I wouldn't say that there was one person who was really kind of my mentor around that. I've always been a self-starter and, um, you know, it was just aspirations that I always had. Um, I, I love kind of the culture and, it, and especially back then, I was like, you know, the tail end of the glory days of the banking system. So, you know, I grew up on a trading desk. I used to go into work every single day with a suit and tie and God forbid I didn't shave the night before I, you know, get hazed by some of the older, more senior guys. Um, but, you know, once I entered the banking system, uh, I had uh, my first boss became somewhat of a mentor there and kind of helped open my eyes to really endeavors even outside of the banking system. Um, and then my next partner, you know, when we got acquired by Barclays was someone else who really mentored me around markets, 
Um, and you know, whether it was from a, a trading standpoint, from an analysis standpoint, really taught me discipline. Um, and those are principles that I applied to trading, but even kind of beyond that principles that I tried to apply to, to management. And, um, you know, even as I've started up several businesses, uh, a lot of, a lot of that stuff has, has stuck with me, which, you know, I really appreciate because it, it kind of, it keeps me, keep, keeps me balanced. But, um, you know, I, I have to say the, the way I got into, into crypto and into NFTs was uh, really kind of random. I mean, I've, I've always been ahead of the curve around innovation and I'm a firm believer if you want to learn how to do something or you want to learn about something or new technology, you just have to like, you know, dive in and immerse yourself with it. So that was something that someone told me about Bitcoin and I said, this is pretty cool. I said, how does it work? And he's like, well, it's super complicated and this and that. I was like, fuck that. I was like, I love challenges. So it's like, show me how it's done. It's like, I've learned later on in my my life that anything that requires a lot of friction early on in the process means that you're extremely early. And if you if you have the risk appetite for it and you're willing to kind of take that plunge and, and learn, um, you're probably in the right place at the right time. Obviously, that doesn't always work, um, but, you know, it definitely means that you're, you're early a lot of times. So I got into Bitcoin really early um, when I launched my first company in 17. CryptoKitties was just getting started. So I had learned about NFTs a long time ago. And. The use cases for NFTs that we're seeing now, that that was something that I was developing in 1718, really around utility and access and, um, you know, some of the other things that are really coming to light right now. It's amazing that it took four years to happen, but we're finally here. So um, I, I would say there wasn't one specific person or mentor that kind of guided me throughout all of this, but I've met some really amazing and super talented and really smart people along the way. Quite the uh, winding journey from uh, TradeFi to uh, to now uh, NFTFi and uh, and your own projects, Matt. But let's keep it moving here. And and what I wanted to know, based on sort of your background and your your trading and your and your being early, do you have a sort of investing style, and how has it changed over the years? Uh, that's a really good question. Um... I'm a momentum guy, whether it's, you know, whether it's, it's, it's trade velocity or it's just riding the wave of something. My investment process is, um, is typically, you know, learn something, you know, determine if, if, if it's a short term or long term uh, hold or purchase, um, really understand the market and kind of ride the wave until uh until i feel like the the momentum is shifting so i i would say i'm really more of a momentum investor than anything else um i tend to get emotional about investments for better or for worse you know in 2017-18 i was so close to the the blockchain space that i believed so heavily in all the protocols that i saw launching and i probably became overexposed to it um but um you know, it's one of those things that's like when you have conviction around something, um, I, I like to pair my conviction with momentum and, and really go all in on stuff. But I know when to, you know, take profits and when to cut losses. That's very smart. And it's very easy to get uh, easily sentimental or emotional when it comes to uh, your investments, and especially when you have that convic- conviction. So it's really difficult to uh, keep those lines from blurring. Uh, Matt, you you, def, you mentioned there you're you're a bit of a serial entrepreneur. And what are the maybe one or two the most valuable lessons that you've learned 
in creating startups, uh, the, the speed bumps along the way, uh, maybe some have, have gone to the wayside. You said you sold one. Um, what are the, the biggest take, the two biggest takeaways, uh, that you've learned from, uh, being an entrepreneur? Yeah, I, you know, I've, I've been an entrepreneur for the last five years as a startup founder, but I feel like I've been, you know, I've had a, a background even prior to that with side businesses and side hustles. But, you know, the, one of the main things that I, I'd always tell people is, is don't be afraid of change. I mean, the, the, the speed and velocity at which technology is evolving around us is insane, especially in areas like this. Um, so, you know, I, I, I always say, because I've seen many companies, even some of the largest companies in the world, you know, fail or die because they were, you know, they were too slow to, to adapt. So, so, um, you know, in my business that I sold, we had a pivot maybe three or four times significant pivots too. And it's, you can't be, you can't be scared to embrace the, the ever changing environment around you. So I'd say that's one of, one of my biggest, um, biggest recommendations for, for startup founders is, you know, be aware of your surroundings, be aware of your surrounding market, really know your consumer. Um, and something that I apply a lot to, to the project that, you know, that I'm focused on right now in Chibis is, you know, listen to your collectors, listen to your investors, um, you know, be willing uh, um, to accept feedback and be receptive to, to people who are close to you. Cause sometimes when you're so close to something and you keep talking to each other, you're talking to yourselves ultimately. And if you, you, you can't listen to outside feedback, then you don't have the ability to grow. Man, the, the kind of combination of creator, operator, and as your uh, Twitter bio puts it, is uh, evident in your answers. So speaking of Chibis, right? So so let's get into actually Chibi Labs, the Chibi Galaxy, and everything that you sort of got going on. The project launched 2021. We're nearing the end of this year. Why don't you just give us take us back to Chibi Labs, the thought process sort of behind it, the starting uh, mechanisms of it and the team uh, to date. Yeah, I mean, look, I have to give a lot of credit to to Fabs. He was the original vision behind all of this, the inspiration behind the art. Um, something that really attracted us to kind of that legacy project that I mentioned. The legacy project, Chibi Genesis, had about 120 at the time where when we got involved. Um, you know, we like to tell the story when we found Fabs. Um, you know, he was kind of at this crossroads with this project where he was you know, I'm passionate about it, but he was, you know, like any artist is maybe a little bit in, insecure about the direction of, of the project and, and about his art, even though the art is just so fantastic and fabulous. I think people second guess themselves when you see projects taking off around you. Um, and, you know, his, his project at the time, his discord, there were a couple hundred people in it and he had some really passionate uh, collectors. Um, when we got involved and we spoke to him, you know, I think the, the missing element in all of this was that there were some missing pieces from the team. He was trying to go at this alone. You know, he had some folks in the community who were helping support, but myself and H. Bizzle just brought something, you know, differentiated to the table that he probably didn't have at the time, which was, you know, the, the network, the ability to, you know, go on Twitter spaces and go on YouTube and go on podcasts and start having conversations. And, and you know, he's actually great at it too. And I think we just empowered him. And I, I think we gave him the confidence to really go out and take this mainstream. And, you know, the, the amazing thing about our journey was, you know, we got, we've had our first conversation in July, probably, and we really got started early August. You know, after a month's time, we launched our Chibi Apes in September sold out the collection in 30 seconds. We tipped Discord from a couple hundred to about 15,000 in a matter of five weeks. Um, and it was just amazing to watch the growth happen. It was amazing to see how many people were just as passionate as we were about the art. 
And, you know, once we launched that Chibi Apes collection, I, I always like to say that was the moment in time where I realized we weren't just launching and selling an art project, but we were launching a business. And at that moment, we became fiduciaries to, to our investors, to our collectors. And just like running an, any other startup company, it's like, you, you know, you're at the mercy and you're beholden to your investors and it's no different here. And, you know, since then, we've been building a community driven business. Uh, as you see, a lot of the folks in the crowd tonight are big supporters and collectors of the project. Um, you know, everyone's extremely passionate about what we're doing and what we're building. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, listening to feedback from the actual community is really important. We just did this really widespread um, survey across our community where we had, you know, uh, close to a thousand people, um, you know, fill out the survey. We listened to the feedback, we analyzed the feedback, and we're using it to guide us forward. And that's really important. Um, our Discord's up to 60,000 right now. We have 23,000 in our Twitter. So we've built really a, 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 a large community. Um, you know, I think it's a very passionate community, and it's one of the better communities that I've I, it, I mean, it's probably the best community I've been a part of in the space. I, I just have to say that. I mean, the positivity, um, the amount of collaboration that goes on in our Discord, it's just, it's been amazing to, to watch. And even more so, you know, I see people even listening right now. Pushpins is a great example of this. It's like I've watched kind of their maturation from, you know, coming into the NFT space and, and, and you know, Chibi's being their first project to becoming like these refined investors and collectors. And it's amazing to see how much people have learned throughout the, you know, throughout their journey. And I hope that, you know, I could have had an impact on that. So Matt, that's fantastic. Um, that's so fascinating. <laughs> and you were able to uh, grow the community from the launch so quickly. My main question is um, you said it was very unique with the, the 3d uh, design of, of Chibi. Uh, versus like the 2D um, kind of profile pick that you see now. Uh, where did the design come from and what was the inspiration behind the design of Chibi Labs? So I think Fab's main inspiration is uh, is, is anime. I think he's, um, you know, he's very kind of in, in tune with cartoons and animation. And he loved uh, the, creating these moody looking characters. Um, and you could just see a lot of them. They have certain attributes and traits that are tied to, you know, things like fighting and swords and back gear and stuff like that, which makes it fun. But I think ultimately where this is all going as we develop our characters, as the story evolves, there's a lore of this, and this is going to play a big part in the future of the project and the future story. Because, um, you know, as we're developing play to earn games, as we're working with video game producers and plugging our characters into those games, there's going to be, you know, a, a, a thematic uh, under underpinning story that's really driving all of this and. And that's something that really excites me, but that also kind of sets the tone for this conversation, even talking about kind of like the future of the project and how I see us being really more than project. So speaking of the lore and the future of the project, let's talk about sort of the different generations in Chibis and how does someone differentiate between them? What, what are the differences? Because while we do have a lot of Chibi followers, supporters in the crowd, someone listening to this for the first time on the podcast may have no idea. So that would be really helpful to sort of break down the different generations or the the comparisons and how there's you know generation one to generation two and generation three of Chibis and where we're going in that lore. Yeah, exactly. So the the generation one, which is the Chibi Genesis, are all one of ones. Um in, in you know, in in my opinion, they're 
fabulous. I mean, they're, they're works of art. Um, and there's a handful of our collectors who are lucky to own them. I mean, there's, um, I forgot how many unique uh, collectors there are that own across generation one, two, and three, but it's a really small group of folks and it's kind of a prestigious group to be in. Um, the, those characters are mostly humans. They're a handful of alien zombies, uh, apes, and some other characters, but this is really like current time, little, little futuristic in, in nature characters. Um, then the chibi apes came and as, as the lore states, this is kind of the, the post-apocalyptic after the, you know, the, the world was destroyed, uh, the apes emerged from the jungle and evolved and became, you know, really advanced beings, figured out a way to connect with folks outside of the world and connected with, uh, you know, aliens, robots, and other galactic characters that then led to our third generation, which is the chibi galaxy. So Matt, I, I wanted to ask you about some of the some of the logistics. And uh, there, I noticed a, a timeline as of uh, Q4 to 2021 launching. But then you have other other timelines you want to you really you and your team really want to meet. What were the challenges in in meeting this timeline and in, in launch? And what kind of challenges do you see uh, moving forward? Yeah, logistically, there's always challenges when launching a project. Um, I'll, I'll just tell you, like, whatever can go wrong will go wrong. <laughs> the scenes of, of launching an NFT project and the marketing that goes into it and the art and the development of the contract and all of that other stuff, is, is it, it really takes an army. Um, and, you know, Fabs is really unique in the sense that he's um, basically been like a one-man wrecking crew and he, he's brought on partners along the way. And I have to say, you look at our team, we're close to 20 people on our team right now and almost every single person has come from our community, which is amazing. So you have, you have a bunch of individuals who are really passionate about what we're building. Um, and there are also, you know, just they're committed to this because they do have incentive and they do have skin in the game, which is, which is just amazing. So when I think about the future, um, I, I've shifted the focus kind of away from what the traditional NFT space kind of looks like or what it has looked like historically. And I'm looking at this more of a traditional operating business. Um, and you see some of the big companies that have actually done the same, obviously, uh, like the board apes and and some of the other uh other really high quality blue chips out there but i've always taken the approach and the mindset that you know these chibi characters are um you know possess ip that i think could be extremely valuable um and have uh have staying power in this ecosystem not just in the nft space but really beyond the nft space and my goal ultimately is to help our collectors really commercialize their underlying ip um and you know evolve this into something that's more than just an nft project commercializing the chibis into things like you know media content animated series children's books um beyond that you know experiential stuff um you know, that, that can be tied to our characters that can be tied to our lore. Um, you know, there, there are really so many different ways, so many different directions we could take this business. But, you know, again, like a lot of folks, uh, a lot of projects that exist today put out their current roadmap a couple of weeks out. I mean, we built a, a one-year business plan, which is kind of unique to the space. So I'm really looking at this like a traditional business and I'm, I'm operating and managing and like such. So we're kind of jumping around, and, and it's good because I've got I got questions kind of in each area. Uh, we do have a request for a question, so let's just bring up uh, the question, and then I'm going to take it from there. So we're going to invite uh, Girala 
Jiralia, I believe, and uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right to, to the stage. Jiralia or Jiralia? Uh, Jirai. Jirai. Yeah, it's all good. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah. How you doing? Welcome to the stage. What's up, Jirai? Hey, uh, yeah. Go for the question. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to take advantage of this, you know, um, behind the scenes moment, you know, before Chibi Labs blows up and we can't have access to this guy because he's too important. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> I just had a question. Was there a... Was there any idea, because obviously during projects and any business, there's a lot of brainstorming ideas. Was there any idea that you, you, you had and you, and you uh, felt strong about, but you got totally vetoed by the team? And, uh, but you think, what if sometimes? Uh, yeah, I'll give a great example. Yes. Um, right, right after we minted, and I think a lot of, a lot of the people in our, our, uh, our community know this, but right after we finished the mint for Chibi Apes, H. Bizzle came to me with this crazy idea to purchase this massive plot in Decentraland. It was a 16 parcel plot. And I told him he was fucking crazy. And I think it's turned out to be one of the best decisions that we made because we bought the plot of land. This was before Mark Zuckerberg came out and, you know, told the world that everyone's moving and shifting towards the metaverse. Uh, we were early in the metaverse. We built this amazing galactic jungle scene and we've hosted two parties there. We're having a blowout party on New Year's Day and it's become like a home base for our community. And I think it's it's something that, you know, our community has really recognized as, as uh, something that's important to them. So I'd say I'd say that was one of the big ones. And I, I know that, you know, H. Bizzle loves that story because it definitely validated him and Fabs got behind him really quickly and i soon realized the importance of you know being uh being in a place like decentral and and having that um having that home base for our community that's a great question thank you for the question to, to further this so you talked about your party in decentral and that's coming up on new year's day and we're going to get to that i know that's a it's a big moment for you guys at chibi to start the nick uh the next year Looking at the roadmap that uh, my co-founder and partner Danny mentioned, when you look at that roadmap, you talk about the launch phase, you talk about cruise phase and counter phase. In cruise phase, which is sort of where we're at now, I suppose, at the end of this year in 2021, you talk about Chibi Companions. So for those wondering if they're in the are, – are Chibi Companions out? Have they been announced? What's the status with those? <clears throat> Yeah, so some of the things that we've been uh, behind the scenes working on is uh, companions, upgradability, um, token development too. Those are some things that are really important to us. And they're actually all like really intimately connected. Um, you wouldn't think it, but you know, the thing that's really important for us and, and for our collectors, whether they know it or not right now, is personalization and customization. Um, and we're going to continue doing things that create value for our collectors because we think it's really important. We want to reward our collectors who have been here with us since the beginning. We want to reward our new collectors who are coming in. Um, and we want people to understand that by being a diamond hand, by buying and holding, uh, they're going to be rewarded. That's where kind of like the token comes in and the token. Um, around you know what we plan to launch in Q1 of, of a utility token, um, and you know what it's going to provide. It's going to our collectors the ability to potentially earn tokens that could then be used to acquire things that customize their chibis, enhance their chibis, upgrade their chibis, even downgrade their chibis because that could be important to some people. Uh, it's going to drive things like you know wearable creations and wearable you know purchases in in some of the meta environments and. I think 
think this is this is a really important concept for um, for our our community and our collectors. Um, so on the companion drop, that's something that we're kind of pushing uh, out outside of December because we want to make sure that we're launching everything thoughtfully. Um, and it's probably going to end up being a, a January launch, but like, these are the things that people know and have come to expect. <clears throat> so I keep calling like this month, this is kind of like our building month, but I keep calling this the calm before the storm because we have a lot of crazy things planned for January. And I think, you know, we, we were even talking about it in our town hall on Tuesday, just some of the things that we have rolling out. And, and, and I know that our community is really excited about it. Yeah, so that's exciting, and I think that's a really good point. I mean, you're pushing out your companions a little, but that actually gives anybody that's maybe listening to this, hearing about Chibi for the first time, another opportunity to get into a project that is already uh, getting bigger, that's already got some dedicated members, uh, got a dedicated team that they're hearing from for the first time, and maybe this is a great opportunity to participate and get your first Chibi that is going to allow you to then be part of companion drops because there's been a little bit of a pushback on the date there. And so, because uh, I know on a personal level that I'm speaking with individuals across the country now where people are asking me to get into the NFT space and get their first NFT, potentially the Chibis are a good place to start. And so when we at your project, Matt, and, and you're an operator, you're an investor, you're a creator, I think we got to throw in there, you might want to put listener up there on the top of your Twitter bio now based on listening to HBizzle and, and getting that space in Decentraland. So let's talk about the Decentraland and how it's been one of the best moves because you guys are, are you, as you said, building this month towards uh, trying to throw a massive sort of war, uh, your record-breaking party on New Year's Day. Do you want to give us some more detail on that? Oh yeah, we're not trying to. We are. <laughs> like, <laughs> there you we go. Have, we have ten plus projects that are already committed to this, so they're coming with their communities. Um, we have two or three more projects that we're pretty close to bringing on, who are you know magnitudes of like, I mean, like blue chip type uh, projects that we're really excited about too. So hopefully, you know, their commitment uh, happens and they drive their communities too. But like what this does is it creates exposure and awareness for the project, for our community. It lets the world know this is who we are. This is where, what we're about. Um, and, and, and besides that, it's the experience of being there. We have Aloe Black who's coming to perform. Um, you know, it's going to be a live stream performance because the metaverse is not physical, but um you know, he's a Grammy nominated artist. I think everyone's familiar with him. Obviously his hit, I need Dala and, you know, several other hits that he has. We're going to have a couple of other performances. We're going to have some uh, really important you know, guests who are going to be showing, having giveaways, all of the projects that are coming are going to be contributing their NFTs. And the hope is that we're going to be giving them away uh, some to our community, some to all of the folks who are showing up um, and it's just going to be an amazing, amazing time. I've experienced several times already within our community, but to open to other people uh, in these other communities about a who we are, what kind of parties we're throwing, but also the experience of being in the metaverse. Cause I don't think a lot of people have actually experienced it before what it means, what it feels like, what it feels like to be part of a community who's actively doing this and to really drive adoption. I think it's more important to drive education and drive adoption for, you know, other folks in the NFT space who have not experienced so. At Investorly, we empower the community to invest early. The metaverse is, 
I mean, we are early as early can be at this point. And the people in this round, the people listening to this, most people don't frankly even understand it, even if you're into maybe cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. So can you give us a little bit more detail and clarity on what that sort of experience would be like at this party? I mean, am I someone that's sitting in my living room and I go onto my computer and then I'm in the metaverse or how does it actually work? Yeah, I mean, so so right now, Decentraland is only available uh, on you know like a web version. So you have to be on your computer. Um, you know, I what I typically do is because we have a DJ coming. There's music blasting. You could hear people talking through their microphones and stuff. I just like put it on full blast on my screen. I turn this the music up. We're typically like doing the Twitter Spaces at the time. Sometimes I'm doing a live stream on Twitch just so people could like view the experience as it ha- it's happening and. You know, there's there's several different things. So there's like, you know, people come for POAPs, proof of attendance protocol, which are basically tokens that you get rewarding for showing up to something. So that always drives a frenzy and people are running around. People are on the dance floor dancing. Um, one of the, the, the like the best things about being in Decentraland is like wearables is becoming a real thing. So people like go out there and flex their new wearables. Uh, HBizzle, my partner is like huge on wearables. He's <laughs> just creating all these custom like gold freaking, you know, uh, bot suits, which is just so amazing. But like people really love that stuff too. Um, and then, you know, like typically I think it's important to be on a Twitter spaces. So you have that line of communication and people are talking and people are, you know, collaborating even kind of outside of things, but you you'll just see it's like i can't even explain the experience you just have to be there to really understand it and i also want to clarify for people because i think meta the concept of metaverse has become you know this this taboo thing it's like what is the metaverse how do i enter the metaverse but like i always like to say i think the metaverse is just it's 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 a it's a digital or virtual environment where uh you know where you're interacting where you're socializing where you're engaging and like there's spaces right now this is very much like a metaverse it's like you don't have to see the physical or see the virtual objects it's just a it's just a, a a new medium where people are interacting that is a great clarification on the metaverse which um I have to admit, I uh, I was a little hazy on that. So thank you very much for that, Matt. Sure. We, we appreciate that. Uh, I did want to ask, so, you know, crypto and NFTs are are about utility. Uh, and with Chibi Labs, obviously, there's utility to uh, these characters. What exactly can you do with these characters in, in the metaverse? Yeah, so... Uh, again, I, I credit Fabs, our artist, with this, but he was so forward-thinking back in in the summer that he basically created uh, all of our characters uh, in a way that they're rigged, which is a technical term which allows you to basically port those characters into different environments, whether it's AR, whether it's VR, whether it's metaverse. So all of our characters, we like to say, are met- metaverse ready. Um, we also even created a tool and provided it to our collectors that allows them to basically see their um see their chibi in 3d download the 3d files for their chibi so we have some amazing collectors within our community who basically take those files and do amazing things on animation and video with them which is really awesome i have an ar viewer that's on our our website that you can look through your phone you basically like put your chibi just anywhere that you are take a picture take a video with it it's just it's an amazing feature that people uh, some people in our community aren't even really aware of but it's it's so next level in terms of what some of these other projects are offering so i you know i i love those concepts as i said there are a lot of metaverses that aren't ready for for us the goal in the future is to have metaverses that allow you to basically connect your wallet and take your nft avatars right into those environments um you know a lot of these 
a lot of these environments are not ready right now for for the 3D avatars, but there are a handful of them that are coming online and they're breathing down to Central Lens Next right now and they're really, really close. Um, and you know, some of those like we just posted a video of Somnium Space, which is another environment that we've been testing out and we, we put a chibi ape in there. That's really fun. Uh, we just did a partnership with Jadu hologram who's well known for their jetpacks. They just launched their hoverboards. We were one of five projects that they did a basic, basic like partnership with, uh, that allowed all of our holders to get onto their whitelist for their hoverboard. All, you know, most of the people in our community ended up getting the hoverboards, which are awesome. But some of the other projects that they partnered with were uh, MeBits and Fluff and CyberKong. So we were in really good company there, which was really fun, fun to see. But they're going to be putting our Chibi Ape characters into their AR app. Um, they're really disrupting the AR space. So they're, you know, we're really excited about that partnership with them. Um, and, th and then outside of that, there are several other metaverses that we're looking at. But really the goal is like, you know, from the moment you enter that metaverse, all you need to do is click a button and you're in there as your Chibi Ape or you're in there as your Chibi Galaxy. And, you know, for our community who's really passionate about what we're doing and about our art, like the most important thing for them is to go out there and flex, like if they have a top 100 rare or a gold Chibi, like, you know, one of those things. I even see um, my buddy, we like NFTs rocking his new Chibi Genesis and like, you know, some of these really, really dope characters that we've created and some you, you want to be recognized when you walk by like, oh, shit, is that a Gen 1 Chibi? At least I hope that's a thought. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got a few questions right here about this whole flexing in the metaverse, how it goes down. But I got to know this. You said you had two kids. We need to know what what are the kids have? I mean, what, are you, what, what type of Chibis do the kids have? Yeah, so unfortunately, my oldest daughter has really expensive taste, and she made me go out and get her a gold chibi girl with a dress. Uh, that was a chibi ape, and that cost a lot of money. Um, outside of that, um, I have a few female chibi galaxies for them. They love the AR tool, so I'm always playing around and taking pictures with them. They think it's hilarious. Um, so I think right now they mostly own chibis. I'm trying to think if I bought anything else from them. Not yet, but like I'm really excited to get them like wearables and stuff like that and create their characters into Central Land. I think, and H. Bizzle does this with his oldest daughter a lot because she's older. Mine's only five. I think his is eight. Uh, but she loves going into Metaverse. She loves going to, to Central Land. Remember, you know, like, one of the one of the most popular and widely adopted metaverses that exist right now is Roblox, right? So kids were doing this before us, um, which which is really it's really interesting to to watch that. And my five year old's just starting to play Roblox now, and I'm like, cool, she's chilling in the meta. It's like, and it's great, and I love it. And this shift is happening, whether we like it or not. There's there's definitely aspects of it that that scare the crap out of me, especially for my daughter and the next generation. But you know, there's there's a part of me. Um, and I see my buddy John in here, we were talking about it last night, uh, that, that gets me really excited. And, and, you know, the, the thought of empowering our children to be more technologically advanced and to, you know, give them the tools that they need to start, you know, coding and developing and launching their first NFTs. And, you know, that gets me really excited. Yeah, it's fascinating, especially with that, with the kid they're doing. So Matt, Matt rolls into the Decentraland party. What is Matt doing in the Decentraland party on New Year's Day? I mean, is he dancing like a lunatic? Is he breaking it down? Is he partying? Well, there's, there, there, so there's, there's limitations in Decentraland. You have like five different options of things you could do. 
uh, I usually go for the either the dance moves. You press a button and you could either do dance moves or I just make it rain with money. Those are my go-to moves. Well, uh, so this, this is great though. So you're making it rain with money. Is that is that money being is is anyone able to collect that, or is that sort of that's just like a, a natural well, that, characteristic? That that's a brilliant idea. When we implement tokens into our scene for play to earn, you know, the hope is is that we're going to make those money tokens, and people could actually pick them up and and use them towards things. So maybe making it rain will be somewhat impactful in the future, and not like where we make it rain in in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this this is this is great though because I mean I think as, as some of this can sound simple to someone such as yourself that's you know been been part of these early parties and get-togethers in, in uh, Decentraland and then you talk about how at some point in the future and I've actually joined a number of spaces now and heard you with your team and talking about the sort of ability where you think in the future you'll be able to just sort of go through all of the different uh, lands and metaverses into one sort of as a sort of like a cross-chain interoperability type of uh, bridge where everything will be connected. I think that you're right on with that idea. I mean, we're probably early there, but uh, it's just an interesting phenomenon that most people really can't grasp their head around. So when you break it down by talking about the different things you can do and sort of how simplistic it can be to actually participate, I think that's actually quite helpful. As far as sort of the parties as as far as the team as far as what you guys do as chibi labs and how you get together with the community i know you have a discord and it's got sixty thousand plus as you said where does someone that gets their first nft like an ape uh, a genesis whatever they decide to participate in your uh, community chibi labs how often if they let's say aren't used to discord can they get on twitter spaces weekly or what do you guys do as for sort of like a town hall yeah, so we do a town hall every single Tuesday night at 5 p.m. I like to talk about this because, I don't know, maybe I like to toot my own horn, but like one of the things, one of the standards that I hold myself to and I hold our team to is just accountability. And like we like to get in front of our team and our community almost every single week and let them know what the next week is going to look like, what the last week has looked like. Whether right, you gotta you gotta be transparent and you know you gotta communicate. So that's something that's really important to us, and it's become it's become a fun activity. I mean, last week, uh, the past two weeks have been awesome. We had Jay Do Hologram Team two weeks ago. Um, we did an AMA with them, and then we were talking about just the possibilities of AR and you know how we play a role in that. Um, this past week. Um, we had a really fun spaces. Uh, we had some other projects show up, uh, which was awesome. And, you know, we got to educate um, our community about some of these other projects. We love collaborating with projects. We love educating our community. One of our, uh, one of our collectors is actually a pop star, a kid named Brandon, and he popped into the room and he, he, he typically comes in to listens. He's got a couple hundred thousand followers too. He's part of a boy band, uh, and he's great. And he, someone came into the room and, and raised their hand and requested to speak. And they're like, hey, I just wanted to wish Brandon a happy birthday. I love him so much. And it was like one of his fans. And then Brandon stepped up onto the stage to start talking. And all of a sudden, like everyone gets notifications that Brandon's speaking in the spaces. And all of a sudden, you had like 200 like little girls who just popped into our spaces who just wanted to say happy birthday to Brandon. So it's like you never know what you're going to get out of these things. And it's really fun to like, you know, just see – the, the way our community bands together, you have all different types of people, all ages, all levels of sophistication. Like some of the people that I've met 
across the space who are now part of our community who are now very active you know i see we like nfts here have some hope have some chibi um you know some of these people have just been such amazing contributors in so many different ways to our community but even for me for my journey and 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 they've just been so helpful and just enlightening me and educating me um and it goes both ways it's like you know, I, 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 it may seem like I have all the answers because I'm leading a project and we're doing some really great things. But at the same time, it's like, I want to listen to what other people are seeing, observing, building, doing. Um, and that's, you know, that's how, how we're going to continue to evolve and adapt, which I said is one of the more important things that I like to focus on. So. Yeah, it's fantastic. And, and really just having a conversation with you and allowing the community to hear from you when you touch on accountability, the importance of it, no matter if it's a good time, it's not so great a time, having these town halls, the comfortability of getting involved in a project that's got such a degree of intric- like intricacy and, and detail at Chevy Labs is really an exciting opportunity for anyone that is not familiar with the metaverse, maybe doesn't have an NFT, but maybe wants to get involved. It's a great starter project, a great community-based uh, project and team. I- I've sort of seen from the outskirts. Uh, I'm familiar with uh, my man Spack Guru, and we like NFTs as well. And so uh, I think anybody hearing this can hear right from the conversation that we're having the ability to sort of learn and participate is is nice with Chibi Labs. I'm going to bring up Danny to take over and ask some quick hitters. I know you've been uh, holding on patiently, Danny, right? Yeah, thanks a lot, Mike. Uh, are you ready for some quick hitters here, Matt? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so it could be crypto, you know, NFT, metaverse related or not. But uh, first question is, what is one thing in your daily routine that you think has contributed to your success? Oh man, my daily routine. I, you know, I, I I hate to say this because it could be such a, such a weird and toxic, but like the amount of things that I've been learning, uh, or observing from Twitter, I think, um, you know, like when I, when I was on Wall Street, I used to I used to read the journal on the way to the office, and then I'd be on Bloomberg just looking at like you know quick hit news that's that's hitting the tape. Like now it's being on Twitter. It's amazing because Twitter's become the new tape, and I know it, it, this applies across you know many different industries now. But you know, the amount of information, it's just a stream of information that you see coming coming through Twitter is just really amazing. And I I, I typically spend a lot of time on there, um, constantly refreshing the feed, um, you know, for better or for worse. But there's definitely some good information out there if you're following the right people i have to admit uh michael actually got me he turned me on so so heavy to twitter uh and i found it to be such a fantastic resource for (laughs) for investments and investing so thanks michael i know yeah uh anyway so um next next question is i don't think we heard it from you but what's your number one crypto pick oh crypto as in like a coin yeah uh, bitcoin ethereum etc are we talking macro, micro, meta coins? <laughs> oh, just boy. The, just uh, the one. <laughs> the standard cryptocurrencies macro perspective. Your overall yeah, top so, pick. So I'm not going to say like I'm a Bitcoin maxi, but I, I really believe that, that Bitcoin obviously will have staying power as a store of value. 
Um, I'm, I'm really not so bullish on Ethereum, but I, I just understand that Ethereum is, is so important to this ecosystem, the NFT ecosystem right now. But I, you know, I have my doubts about um, when staking actually happens and the lower gas fees happen, you know, how that impacts demands and, and, and the price of things. I'm extremely bullish on, on some of these other, other chains that have similar properties and features to Ethereum, but are, but are cheaper. Um, but ultimately, I, I guess I'm going to say, you know, long term, I think Bitcoin is, is going to be the winner, but for different, I think it has different uh, utility and, and application than, than the other coins will. Completely understood. Next question. What's your go-to cocktail? Oh, uh, my go-to cocktail, and I just, I had it last night, is uh, Johnny Walker Black Label Rocks. That's pretty good. Uh, so you mentioned, you mentioned earlier, um, you worked at Lehman Brothers. How much can you relate to the beginning of Wolf of Wall Street, Leo's character in the beginning of that movie? Well, I mean, the crazy thing about all of it is, is my dad actually was friendly with Jordan Belfort growing up. So, like, I, I used to hear stories about these guys. And he was friendly with him before understanding exactly who he was and the, the madness that was going on in his world. So I had known about all of this. And I don't know if that had any influence on me actually going, getting into Wall Street. Uh, I think it was a little bit different when, when I got there. But there was still a lot of it. I remember kind of early days in my career going to some of those parties and how crazy those parties were. So there was a, a, a lot of craziness behind the scenes. And, and I, you know, I think his character in the movie was a much kind of different, um, it, it was a different time and different place. So he was more of like the, you know, eighties, nineties, uh, you know, dialing for dollars broker and the, the, the world that I entered was a little bit different when I got there. That's great. And that movie's a instant classic. Of course we know. Uh, so last question for me is outside of investing in finance, what is one, in, what is one industry that you, that you think needs a disruption and would you tackle as an entrepreneur? Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I see the opportunity with NFTs and the use cases that exist. Uh, they've been talking about it for many years, but I think there are certain industries like the real estate industry, the, the insurance industry that could really uh, benefit from security and the uh, you know frictionless transactions and the marketplace dynamics that are created through NFTs and blockchain technology. And I know it's coming. It's just going to be so hard to disrupt those industries because they're so massive. And there you go. You're off the hot seat. I felt I felt a little hot there with some of those questions from Danny. Those were great questions and great, great answers. But I want to know, we're about to be in 2022. You said we can't sleep anymore. There's really no time for it the way that everything is moving at this point. So what do you think the biggest storyline of 2022 will be? You know, I hate to say this. I don't want to have like a morbid view of things, but I, I, I think we're going to see uh, this kind of decoupling of NFTs being used for the layer of art in which we know it right now and the underlying technology really driving innovation across many other industries like we're talking about before. So really more of a focus on <clears throat> utility, experiential access, membership, things like that. Um, and, you know, it may not look exactly like it looks today, but I think we're going to see these use cases really start driving and disrupting a lot of industries around us in a meaningful way. 
Well, I'd love to see it, and I think you're on point with that. So we have uh, brought up uh, a speaker here. So now's your chance, Ed Vasquez, to uh, ask a question. Cool. Hey, thanks. I just had a quick question for Matt, um, long-time listener, first-time caller to your show. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> you talked a little bit about the, the transparency and the connection that Matt has with the TV community, but recently he embarked in a – I think – one of the first projects I've ever seen where he opened up his, like the kimono and he said, tell us what you think. And literally opened a survey up to every single, you know, either chibi owner or even chibi fan. And he got, a, 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 I think you got a bunch of results in right uh, around, you know, how people see, perceive, engage, interact with the chibi, you know, your chibis as an NFT. What did you see, Matt, from that experience, like it wasn't just that you had an AMA and you talked and people listened, you actually went out and like engaged people, opened up, gave them a survey and, and said, tell us what you think. What were some of the things that you learned that surprised you? And then what were some of the things that, that kind of maybe uh, kind of lit a spark or created some passion with you? Yeah. So I thought people were going to be way more harsh than they were. It turned out that our, our collectors, because they're so passionate, I, I find that they were way more constructive with their feedback than being critical of us. Um, but, you know, that's not to say that there weren't people who were critical of us. And, and I, you know, I love the hard conversations. I appreciate when people throw, you know, challenges at me and I'll face them head on because that's, that's who I am as a person. I love just being a problem solver. But, you know, the stuff that came out of the community was really amazing. It was thoughtful too. I mean, we're not talking about like a, you know, 30 second uh, quiz or questionnaire that they took. This, this took most people 10 minutes. And, you know, we had hundreds of people who came through and, and submitted their feedback. Um, again, Ed, I think you joined a little late, but we actually we talked about the the survey at, at depth in depth before, and and I thought it was really an amazing exercise, and I think the community also appreciated it. Um, we've gotten a lot of feedback from the community that they they want to see the results now, and they want to you know be part of this. But as I was saying before, this is really a community driven project, and I think the the feedback uh, from the community, and I think a, a, a lot of the um, you know, a lot of the input that's come from the community has really shaped the project and shaped the future of the project. Um, and, and it will continue to do so for, you know, for the future of the project. I do want to ask a question before we do get you out of here and thank everybody again for joining us here uh, on our Investorly, a conversation with Matt. You, investor, collector, operator, I, I see you doing all sorts of stuff. Outside of Chibi Labs, what NFT project do you sort of get uh, very excited about participate around because I know you've been in a lot. I see you talking about NFL Top Shot or or All Day Beta and G the the hoverboards from uh, Jidu. And so, is there another NFT project that you're just like, man, I love that project so much? Yeah, there's a project that recently I've, I've been watching their growth, and I'm like, I, I just bought my first one last week. Um, I'm really passionate around the doodles and the doodle community. I think everything they're doing is brilliant. Um, I, I know the founders, they're really smart guys. They come from the space. They were part of the crypto kitties community or from a, they, they were builders on at Dapper labs for the crypto kitties, uh, back in 17, 18. So they really know their way around the space. But when, when I look at doodles and like, I think about what's kind of like the next cultural movement, whether it's apes and artifact and, and clone X and things like that. Uh, I, I, I see these doodles being something that, that are culturally relevant in a big way. And, um, 
you know, I love the animation and the designs and the motion graphics that they do, the activations that they do at, at some of these uh, conferences. I've, I just feel really strongly about them. You know, I've been part of their community for the last couple of weeks and I really enjoy everything that they're building over there. So that's kind of like an aspirational partner of ours. And, you know, I, I, I would love to, to do something with them in the future. We'd like to thank Matt Spasta and the community for a great conversation. Stay informed of upcoming episodes, receive our valuable weekly newsletter, and learn to earn by subscribing at investorly.substack.com.